0: Hello, this is Judy Rodman. You're listening to All Things Vocal podcast. This is the audio version of the blog you can find at JudyRodman.com. I can fix you, I can teach you. For today's episode, in honor of David Letterman's last year on television, I'm going to do my own top 10 list. This is going to be the top 10 terrible vocal training tips. These terrible ideas are things I've personally heard said by singers, music professionals, or others who should know better. Are you ready? Terrible vocal training tip number 10. Singers shouldn't do too many ab exercises. Oh my gosh, this is nuts. Singers need core strength. I have yet to have a vocal student whose abs were so tight they couldn't expand their rib cage. And I've trained the voices of many a bodybuilder, dancer, athlete, and other sports enthusiasts. So go ahead, do those crunches. Then power your ribcage open by singing from your well-toned butt or pelvic floor, not your abs. Terrible vocal training tip number nine. Keep your face still when you sing. Okay, there's a simple way to disprove this. Try singing a song with your face perfectly still, then sing the same song with very active facial language. Overdo it for this test. When you're done, ask yourself, which way sounds and feels better? Move your face or you'll limit your range, tighten your throat, and numb your performance. Unless you want to sound like a robot. Terrible vocal training tip number eight Just relax your body and let your voice float out of you. You know, I actually could agree to a certain point with this directive because it can be helpful when a student's especially tense. However, when you get right down to performance, something has got to tense. Something has got to power your voice. Powering from pelvic floor or butt allows all the flexibility you need above the waist. But if you don't power from anywhere you'll end up coming from your ribcage, which creates all kinds of problems and limitations. You need to be flexibly relaxed with focus, like a boxer or a badminton player at the ready before the action. Then, like a ballet dancer, your voice can feel and sound like it's floating out of you with that strong engine supporting from below. Terrible tip number seven. Keep your hands and arms still. Ah! One of my pet peeves. Your hands and arms are eventually attached to your spine and rib cage. They don't need to act like rib anchors. Even if they do hang down rather quietly, say for certain choir or other situations, put life in their stillness and don't just let them hang like dead weight. Why do you think people talk and sing with active hands and arms? I promise you it's not just for show. Terrible tip number six. If you can sing classical style, you can sing anything. Sometimes classical singers actually have a very hard time switching to contemporary singing. They're used to bringing head voice lower than sounds right in popular songs because of the hooty, dark, hollow element. It sounds like they're bringing their voice down in a bubble. Then, many times, they throw the baby out with the bathwater and try to sing high chest voice with no mix, flattening out the soft palate to prevent what they think is classical vertical vowel shaping. They need to train to allow a new kind of mixed voice to be created so the chest voice is influenced by the head voice, but not totally head voice. On the other hand, classical singing does strengthen the head voice, and that is very good for the contemporary voice. I love singing Italian art songs as part of my warm-up, but head voice vocalises or exercises can work just as well as the songs. What really works best in my experience is starting with contemporary voice and then taking classical voice unless you only want to sing classical music. Terrible tip number five, if you're too nasal, you need to stop singing from your nose. Nope. This is another myth. Think about it. When you have a stuffy nose from a cold, you sound nasal. You need to actually open your nose and let your voice travel through it to transform excessive nasality into rich, resonant, masky tone. Try saying a word with your nose closed and then try saying it with your nose open. Terrible tip number four. Your Adam's or Eve's apple shouldn't move when you sing. This is so, so wrong and is an overthinking or misunderstanding, I think, of SLS or speech-level vocal training that other teachers use. The larynx, when operated freely and correctly, tilts in the neck. When it does this, the point of the thyroid cartilage, which is the Adam's apple, will move. It kind of disappears into the neck and then comes back and moves down and moves up. This is the thyroid cartilage tilting. And it doesn't mean that the larynx is overlifting, which will create a strangled sound. If you don't feel tight, then even though you see your Adam's apple moving, you can trust that it's moving is directed by the automatic nervous system. Terrible tip number three. Vocal training could change your style and kill your commercial success. Well, only if you have the wrong voice teacher. Successful artists often hold superstitious fears about changing anything about the voice because they're afraid to mess with success, and I can understand that. But when tightness threatens the health of their instrument, the right kind of vocal training could just free up and heal the voice without changing style at all. Even if there's subtle tone changes, the uniqueness and familiarity of the star's voice will still be there, better than ever. The fact is, when a singer's voice feels better, fans like it better because tight voices tighten the listener. The other option is, of course, to wait until you need vocal surgery, which is a rather serious career break. Terrible tip number two. Some people are just born with a husky voice. Buy this myth at your peril. A young student came to me once who had a raspy, husky voice that I knew wasn't normal. Her mom told me that she had been told by her drama coach that her daughter's voice was just naturally that way and not to worry about it. When I couldn't help her not make that husky sound, and when I couldn't get her into her head voice very far, I stopped the lesson and recommended she get scoped at Vanderbilt Voice Clinic. When she did, they found that she had such a bad case of nodes that they told her to immediately go on full voice rest and stop singing for months, and I'm not sure she ever started back. Yes, you can sing with a rasp, just like you can sing with a scream, with good technique that minimizes vocal strain for that sound. But if you talk or sing with raspy or husky sound because you can't not, then get yourself to the doctor to rule out serious damage or illness. And the number one terrible vocal training tip is sing from your diaphragm. First of all, most people don't even know exactly where the diaphragm is. Well, it's a thin parachute-shaped muscle fiber group with edges that attach at the bottom of the rib cage. Do not power your voice from the bottom of your rib cage. You will sabotage your breath control. Your diaphragm needs to be stretched to control air, and wide ribs are the only way that happens. Instead, power your voice from your pelvic floor. Just remember this, sing your butt off so you don't sing your throat out. So what do you think? Did I miss one? Have you got a terrible vocal tip? Let us know by commenting below the post.